Hello again, listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Local Legends New England Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Newton, and tonight we will be looking deeper into the local legend I told you earlier this week, New Hampshire's own Shelburne Witch. For any of you who haven't heard the legend, I recommend going back on my podcast, listening to the episode before continuing, because... As expected, I'll have to be revealing certain parts of the legend through this episode. So for everyone else, welcome. Thanks for listening. Uh, I'd like to start off by saying that this legend, the Shelburne Witch, this is one of the first that I had ever heard in my life. And I, I didn't stop hearing it until I moved away sometime after high school. Um, I don't know, sometime after 2010. From there... I traveled between Maine and Massachusetts for a few years before finally settling back down for to start a family in New Hampshire. Uh, then one day, because uh, when, when we came back, my job was to write stories and tell them at the Mount Washington Hotel up here in New, northern New Hampshire uh, by Bretton Woods. There was a family who happened to be staying there who had grown up in the White Mountains, uh, they moved away some years ago, and one of the family members asked me if I knew anything about a Shelburne witch. At the time, because I hadn't really thought much about it in the years, there was nothing more to the story that I could offer this person. They, it was a witch, it was burning, it was Shelburne, and uh, that was about it. But as they started asking more and more questions, I kind of got a little bit more curious. And then there was a second person a few weeks later who had asked about a witch in a town up north. Thinking that they had to be the same, one and the same. Uh, I that That's when I really, really started looking into this peculiar little legend. Just at first for my own fun. But it kind of became a little addictive you know i'm asking my friends in the area who grew up in the area for anything that they might have on on this story if they had grandparents family members whatever it might have been and that led to a couple of months just the occasional interview where i'd start getting my a pulse on this story about the witch And it kind of started to develop an old wives' tale kind of feel. Uh, The the burned witch inside her own home. Oh, I remember my grandmother telling me about the old lady burned in her home for witchcraft. It kind of had this weird lingering hauntingness to it where everyone remembered something different, but they all knew that it was going to end with her being burned in her own home. That being said, most of the people I interviewed were 70 at the youngest. It just kind of, there weren't many people around to interview or who didn't, who wanted to be interviewed. There just wasn't a whole lot. So through the occasional Q and a with a friend's grandparents, uh, the occasional old book that I found with the short story legends of a witch in the northern town, I was able to roughly piece together the rumors of a woman burned for being a witch, but I couldn't find anything else. 
There were no dates. There were no names. There was nothing. That is, until I decided to go visit my old stomping ground and ask a few questions in Berlin, New Hampshire. It didn't take long for me to return to where I first heard about this legend, my junior high school. Within a few days, and thanks to Facebook, particular shout out to Facebook, I had found all that I needed, and I was dumbstruck by what I had found. The amount of time I... I I guess I could say the amount of time I spent digging through old archives, asking old members of the community, trying to get different interviews or just finding different stories, that could be its own mystery episode in its own. I might do something about that. You know, if enough of you ask, I I might make that a peculiar little episode. But because this is local legends, New England, we're going to stick to just the, the legend side and what I had found. Come to find out what I had found was that the Shelburne witch might not even be the real story, the way that myself and other people of my generation were told to remember it. The legend of the Shelburne Witch is nothing more than a tale to teach about acceptance and indifference, and to getting getting over indifferences. That's what I have found out through my research. It... The legend of the of the witch actually comes from a woman by the name of Jane Walford or or Walford. Uh, it's W A L F O R D. Jane Walford. The story is actually from her account and how she is known for being accused for being a witch up here in New Hampshire. Mixed with that tale is another tale about a little girl who has been spotted throughout trails between Shelburne and Gorham, the surrounding area, and she seems to be offering help to hikers, how to get them back on trail if they're lost, or how to get back to a different trail. And between Jane Welford being an accused witch and this young woman, the story is just kind of fused. Uh, I'm going to get into a little bit of detail. I know I just kind of glossed over this Jane Whaleford woman. I'm going to get more into detail. I just wanted to put the the two sides of what had the two sides of the story that had created the Shelburne witch. If you want a lot of detail about her, because I'm only going to be giving the kind of the tail end of what we know about her so far as the witch and the witch trials. If you want a strong, a really good history about her, then I would recommend going to the New Hampshire Public Radio Archives. You want to look for the article by Eric Larrabee. L-A-R-R-A-B-E-E. He goes... That article I really like because he goes into detail about this accused witch, Jane Whaleford. She talks about how her past, where she, how she came from, England to Massachusetts and went to New Hampshire. There's actually a little thing you can listen to. I highly recommend it. I I think he did a a terrific job. 
overall quick quick version of the story, as to be expected for being a witch in New England. She's a landowner and a well-known healer. Some references say that this was all that people needed to start accusing her. Because once you get accused of being a witch in the original Puritan law, you lost all of your land, you lost all of your property, you lost everything. So, perhaps someone who is a little angry with you or a little jealous of you gets mad at you, doesn't take much to accuse someone, and then they're off to the gallows and you get their front porch. Quick and easy situation. Jane Whaleford's accusers went so far as to say that she bewitched the husband. In, and because of his bewitchment, snuck away with her and did unknown devilish things, which we can probably all assume what actually happened. The, the wife of the accused party actually claimed that the arguments that they had were because of witchcraft. It, they were bewitched into arguing with one another. <laughs> I laugh every time. I'm sorry. I, I think it's funny every time I see that. I just When I first saw that, I howled. I literally LOL'd. The wife of the accused blamed their arguing for, for witchcraft. <laughs> I hate my husband. It must be witchcraft. Well, you know, uh, maybe he's just a useless sack of potatoes, Karen. No? Witchcraft? Yeah, he, okay, cool. Witchcraft. Whatever. I just, I don't know how, how that argument happens. How does a conversation like that grow? It, I'm, I'm, I am glad for this part, though. Because of how foolish the accusers were, I'm really glad that this is how the story goes. Because in a rare turn of events, Jane beats her accusers in a court of law. That's how much power and strength and wealth this one woman had. Think about that. Back in colonial America, a, a woman is accused of witchcraft in northern New Hampshire well before the Salem witch trials made it cool. She is deemed a witch, and she has so much wealth, she wins. She not only beats the court, she gets all of her stuff back. That is, I don't know how rare that could be, but that's the first time that I had ever heard of it. And she alone deserves her own episode. You know, she deserves more than just being kind of an echo of the Shelburne witch. This woman is very, is very interesting, very smart, and clearly well-respected in the community. Very interesting, though, how her story gets changed and brought upstate two hours north to a town in Shelburne, where it changes and that she dies at the end not even being given a court case. Apparently, where Shelburne took it, and a few other places, it's um, Shelburne is not the only spot, there's a few other places that claim to have a witch that seem to have a similar MO, but those could be genuine people. I have to do more research into that. Uh, Jane Whaleford was known for finally moving into the Portsmouth area, in New Hampshire, as I mentioned, 
but she was chased after winning the court trial. I'm sorry, before the court trial. This was this was that's why I recommend going to uh, the Larrabee article. He has everything lined up. Highly recommend it. But she Jane was actually chased out of Massachusetts. Forget this. Unorthodox behavior. Yeah, so essentially in colonial court, that just means, ew, gross, I don't want to take the time to understand that. And that's what she got chased out for. And she went hopping through towns across New Hampshire. Apparently she stopped nearby Shelburne, but ultimately ended up in Portsmouth, which is where her story was taken before she moved down to Portsmouth, staying there uh, to the end of her days, I, I, I believe. This kind of brings me to uh, <clears throat> back to that little spot that I had mentioned where the, the row where everyone thought she had been burned. And there's a little spot, actually, in the story I mentioned that she was burned in her house. There is a structural frame in North Road. It's just before the Larry Cemetery, and there's a sharp, sharp bend. Uh, my generation from 2010 know it as Alyssa's Elbow. That sharp bend, and just beforehand, there's an old uh, the frame of an old home. It's got it's stacked with rocks and old stones that are chipped, and in certain sections they jut out, showing you where certain rooms were. And this whole time, growing up, this is where the spot where everyone told us this is where the witch was burned. This is how this happened. This is where it happened. And so to to see it, uh, be careful. If you go exploring, it's a three or four foot drop. I, I highly recommend going to check it out. But there was a little bit of an emptiness. I know I kind of mentioned a little beforehand that it felt weird knowing that the story wasn't genuine, that nothing actually happened there. It was weirder knowing that a frame, the structural home that I was standing in wasn't Jane Whaleford's because she clearly wasn't, she, she never lived there. But like the old saying goes, when one door closes, another usually opens. And in this situation, I was left with two open doors. First off, what building is that old structure of that frame? What is that a part of? And who did it belong to? The other story is that little girl. I had only started hearing about her. It whispers throughout my life, but nothing serious until I started looking into the Shelburne witch's story. People were always asking me about the little girl. Oh, are you talking about the little girl? Do you mean the little girl? I have no idea who she is, but I've started to realize a lot of people who go hiking through the woods of Shelburne have often reported a little girl in a gray dress wandering through the woods. This looks like a tale interesting enough to go exploring into. So, I'll be sure to do that. And, when I find anything about this little girl or the structure of that home on Shelburne's North Road, I'll be sure to turn it into an episode and keep you all updated. Until then, thank you again all for listening. I greatly appreciate that. 
I believe I've given all the information that I've discovered since I've uh, been researching the Shelburne Witch. I hope you all enjoyed, and I hope it encourages you all to do a little bit of some exploring of your own. Thank you for listening again. I believe I already said that, but I really appreciate it, guys. Uh, the feedback has been incredible, and it's you guys are just really supportive. I'll make sure to post any... Uh, I took a whole bunch of pictures of the Shelburne Witches location. I'll make sure to post those on my Instagram. You can follow me at uh, Local Legends NE. That's NE as in New England. Follow me on Instagram. Make sure that you follow this podcast and stay tuned for next week's episode when I bring you the legend of the cemetery in Stark, New Hampshire. My name is Kyle Newton, and you have been listening to Local Legends New England. Thank you all. And good night, my friends.